You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on out there, Kings fans, non-Kings fans, Kings fans who want to tweet at me about the Kings beating the Lakers on Wednesday night, all that good stuff. I am back. This is Jason Jones, your host of the Ruler of the Court podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host, Jason Jones of The Athletic. I cover the Sacramento Kings. I cover the NBA. I... Also like to talk about hip hop, pop culture, whatever comes to my mind. But generally, you're going to find your basketball talk and your hip hop talk on this here podcast, the ruler of the court podcast, where I get to rule over your, I don't know, speakers, headphones, whatever the case may be for about a half hour. So before I even dive into everything, thanks a lot for listening. I do appreciate it. Uh, give me a follow on social media, hit me up, you know, you know where to find me, it's all good, but let's go ahead and talk about the Sacramento Kings, and not so much about the game Wednesday night where they beat the Lakers, it's kind of a, you know, maybe, probably no fans there, partly no LeBron, no AD, it's probably like one of the more low energy, blah, blase, Kings-Laker games I've ever covered, just like, uh it was really just another game. Didn't feel like there was anything special. You know, Golden One Center didn't have a ton of Laker fans in there making noise. It was just kind of like a whole, like, you know, there's no energy to the game. But the Kings did win. They um, have lost 10 of their previous, 10 of 12 going into Thursday's matchup at Portland before the All-Star break. So what I really wanted to do was just talk about the Kings over the first uh, half of the season, you know, regardless of what happens in Portland, the, the things I'm going to hit on are going to apply no matter what. So I just want to, like I said, hit on the Kings and before we dive into some music stuff, but as, as we stand now, the Kings are going to uh, go into the break in that bottom portion of the West right now, you know, they're... They're 12th in the West, which puts them two games out of the 10, you know, that play-in scenario. But really, that's to me, that's not to really even worry about for the Kings if you're right, right now. Right now, they've got to figure out how to be, be a consistent team. And which brings me to the first takeaway from the first. When you listen to this, it'll be the first 
35 by the time they get you know you know by the time some of you listen to this maybe on a friday it'll be halfway through but through the first half of the season uh issue number one highlight number one or thing that stands out is just really this team's inconsistency you start the season three and one followed up by losing nine of eleven then you win seven of eight then you lose nine in a row then you come home and you have that I don't know how to describe what they did against the Hornets in the final minute and nine seconds. And then they come back and beat the Lakers. Well, you know, if they get a shot clock violation or two late against the Hornets, they're talking about a three-game winning streak going into this game at Portland. But, of course, that didn't happen. So, yeah, the big issue, well, the biggest issue is just really this team's inconsistency. You don't know what you're going to get night from night. And they've... They're, this is not a deep team, so I understand they're going to be nice for maybe guys just aren't feeling it. But they just—they're just so extreme, which makes it hard. You know, everyone says stay even keeled, but how do you stay even keeled when you're either winning a bunch of games in a two-week span or losing every game over a two-week span? Which is what the Kings have pretty much done all year. You know, good start, bad stretch, good stretch, bad stretch. And we'll see where this stretch leading into the break and coming out of the break leads them. And why has this inconsistency been been so prevalent? I've got a few ideas, a few you no know, opinions, takes on why it's be why I should say why it's been like that. And my first would be the roster lacks depth. I know I've hit on this repeatedly. You know, it's like a broken record. You keep hearing it from me, but you cannot expect a team in this season, especially with the compacted schedule, with, you know, games being postponed, COVID issues, all those things that come with that. You can't expect a team to be successful when you just don't have the depth that, you know, other teams have. What we've learned so far through the inconsistency with the Kings is that they don't have the depth to withstand major injuries very long. I mean, the team's been out without Tyrese Halliburton for three games, and my God, does it show that they miss him. They miss his leadership. They miss his ability to organize and get things going in the right direction. So, yeah, it's that's, that's tough just because they... Now, in this league, you're going to have injuries, but the Kings really can't afford to lose really any of their top six or seven guys. They don't have uh, any way of replacing them. You know, you lose De'Aaron. Yeah, right now, you don't have Tyrese Halliburton. There's your uh, secondary playmaker, and in some cases, your primary playmaker. You know, when they lost Rashawn Holmes for a brief second, there goes your uh, best interior defender, your most versatile interior defender, and you don't have really anyone to replicate that. Unless you're going to ask Marvin Bagley to fill in and try to do what Rashawn is doing based on his experience and knowledge of the game. and There's a lot of the smarts that goes into Rashawn does. You don't have a guard who can replace Buddy with his shooting. You don't have a versatile wing that could help you supplement what Harrison Barnes brings. And right there, I just named, you know, if I throw in Bagley... Just you don't have, you know you don't have another big athletic who's athletic like him unless you you know I guess you could say we could say Rashawn is but Marvin's becoming a three point threat which Rashawn consistently is not a three point threat 
that's really right there. Six guys, you know, Corey Joseph, Hassan Whiteside prior to being in um, health and safety protocol. Those are the other two guys who are most likely to play in the game. But that's just not enough this season. It's just not enough. And it's fashionable, it's cool to, you know, blame the coach, blame the coach, blame the coach, or blame the players, blame the players, blame the players. But sometimes you got to accept what the reality of the situation is. And the reality is, as this roster stands on March 4th, heading into a game at Portland, it's not deep enough, I don't think, to survive the rest of the season. I mean, I just can't know how... These guys are going to hold it together. I mean, Buddy Hill played 42 minutes Wednesday night coming off a sprained ankle. You know, part of that might have just been strategy. In fact, keeping him out there so the ankle doesn't tighten up. But still, it's still 42 minutes. An awful lot of, you know, time and over the course of the season, just a lot of stress that it puts on you to have to play that much. So... If King's general manager, Monty McNair, wants to make his coaching staff happy, probably make the fans happy, you got to add some depth. That will help counter some of the inconsistency I think we see from the Kings and have seen over, the, over what, the last, in my case, the last 12 years for some of you fans out there, which you've seen for the last 14 you know, plus seasons. All those seasons are losing seasons and missing the playoffs. So, number one, like I said, inconsistency has been the biggest issue. Second thing I've learned in the first half of the season is De'Aaron Fox can eventually be an all-star. He's not there yet. I haven't used the term or said that De'Aaron was an all-star game snub because I don't believe he was a snub. I don't believe he was disrespected in any way by not making the all-star game. I don't think he was an, all- I don't think he was an all-star yet. And there's no shame in that. But, once again, De'Aaron showed us for about a two, two and a half week span that culminated with him winning uh, Western Conference Player of the Week that when he, that he can play at that level. I mean, the level he was at in February for a good part of it was probably ridiculous. He wasn't going to average 30 a game. It's not going to be his game. But if, if you're looking for a sign of hope, you know, which I usually don't offer, but if you're looking for hope, the fact that De'Aaron showed that he could potentially be, you know, an all-star, I think that's a good sign. It's just a matter of going back to the first point, consistency, getting De'Aaron to play at that level on a regular basis and essentially do whatever it takes to win. And that's not that's not an easy thing to do. It's a lot of pressure on him. You know, I think you can't expect De'Aaron to average 30 points and 12 assists to have a chance to win. But he was putting up numbers like that a little bit last month, and he's going to have to continue to produce at a high level just to keep the Kings in games and give them a chance just because, again, the depth isn't there. Another thing I learned is Buddy Hill can still shoot, as he's shown in the last couple of games, but overall... He's not the same guy that he was what, you know, toward the uh, end of last season or even the season before. Just haven't found that consistent rhythm. And again, I keep on saying that C word, consistency. And that's been the main, one of the, one of the, if not the main issue with the Kings is just consistency. Inconsistencies in so many different areas. And... Buddy had a great game Wednesday night against the Lakers, 29 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, no turnovers. 
But Buddy's also had way too many single-digit scoring games where the Kings need him to be a factor on offense. And in those games, he's not a big enough factor. You know, you're not paying him about $25 million this season just to be a floor spacer and never touch the ball. You're paying Buddy to put the ball in the bucket, to pile up the points. And so I'm not privy to what the Lakers are. I'm sorry, not the Lakers. <laughs> what the... Um, the brew one, I actually, I, I skipped ahead in my points on accident. My bad, y'all. You know, long, long couple of weeks. I'm ready for the All-Star break my damn self. So, but, you know, when it comes to Buddy, you can still make the argument, I believe, that he's probably, he, he's better in a six-man role, but that's not where he is right now. And he's averaging about 16 points a game. Clearly, the Kings did not expect more. And should expect more from someone who is considered by many to be maybe the best, one of the, one of the best shooters in the game. So let's see if Buddy can kind of get that aspect of his game rolling in the second half of the season. Because if Buddy can be a 20-a-night guy, that along with Fox at an all-star level, Shift the dynamic of this team. Third thing I learned of major significance might be it might be the last one I bring up. You know, maybe not. We'll we'll see at the end. Is uh, but the third thing is Harrison Barnes is way more important. I think than even I realized. I understood. You know, Harrison gives the team flexibility. You can play Harrison at power forward. He's a guy who can hit the three. He's shooting the three well this season, but it's amazing that's how much better that team, the Kings, look when Harrison is connecting on his three than he's scoring about 20 a night. Again, you know, Harrison's got a good, you no, know, a nice, decent sized contract. People are going to expect a lot. I'm not expecting Harrison to be a 30 a night guy either. I wouldn't put that, I don't think that's the type of player he is, but. It's, uh, I guess the, whenever he plays well, generally the Kings win. So the Kings need him, again, what's the word of the day? The C word? Consistency. The Kings need to see the consistency from Harrison Barnes. And, honestly, generally, most of this year, I think Harrison's been good. I think Harrison's not been an issue. So, yeah, I, I think uh, between offense and defense, I'm not sure if there's a player... Who's any other, especially non-point guard on the Kings, who doesn't have more responsibility than Harrison Barnes. So, that was number three in terms of things I've learned. And try to, uh, you know, uh, can't forget number four, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, he's out right now with the sore calf. And the Kings are hopeful and believe that, I shouldn't say believe, they are hopeful that he'll be back after the break. The Kings host the Houston Rockets this March 11th. Out of the break. So maybe they get him back. Because we think what we've learned about Tyrese is that he definitely makes the game easier for De'Aaron. Definitely. I think he's not just in a, on the physical sense of, you know, bringing the ball up, setting guys up. Also in the mental sense, just kind of uh, helping organize guys. Knowing the time and place situation. Knowing what to use, what to go to in a given situation. 
And I've got him, I don't know if I have a vote this year, but in terms of Rookie of the Year, I've got him only behind LaMelo Ball uh, for Rookie of the Year, and that seems fitting. LaMelo has been twice NBA Rookie of the Month. Tyrese won it again as well for February. So, hey. Things hold up. The Kings got one of the steals of the draft by getting Tyrese at 12. That's something to be happy about. But they got to get him back on the court. I, I, I believe that if Tyrese is available uh, on Sunday, I think the Kings do beat Charlotte. I think he helps organize them late in that game, gets them good looks, and, again, you know, knows how to you know work the clock the right way, which the Kings did not do in that game. So... Those are just some of what I consider the major keys or major highlights from the first half of the season. I could have went a little bit into Marvin Bagley and his improved play, uh, why people can't stand Corey Joseph, but why the Kings still need. I can go back and forth all day, but I won't just because mm, it's time for the All-Star break. So I think all of us could use a break just in general, but for you know those us NBA people, writers whatever players this will be a good stretch and buddy healed who opted to not be in the three-point contest said you know he's after wednesday's game he's too unruly to be down there you know in atlanta to finish his uh, three-point title so he won't be there but <laughs> yeah that's that is one of the funnier things that buddy has said in a while that he's he's too unruly for the rules. <laughs> but I was kind of redundant to say unruly for the rules. You know, forget to say forgive me. We all need an all-star break. Lord knows I need a break. I'm looking forward to my break. And what am I going to do on my break partly? I try to get into some new music. Of course, this is me transitioning, shifting away from King's Talk, away from Marvin Bagley getting better, all those things, and getting into the music uh, portion of the show. A shout-out to my man who listened to the last episode and told me that the first 21 minutes are sad. Hope the 21, uh, well, not 21 minutes, the first uh, 17, 18 minutes of today's episode aren't as sad. And that stuff to the music scene. Uh, got me thinking today. Going through my phone, going through my music, streaming services, I click on one of them. And I see that there's a song by YG and Big Sean for the Coming to America soundtrack. And it got me thinking, what are the best or my my favorite movie soundtracks? And remind you, I'm in my 40s. I came up in an age in the 90s when, for a minute, your soundtrack to a movie might have been actually better than the movie itself. So, you said again, kid of the 90s, loved me some good soundtracks, no, nowhere to begin. You know, we could go New Jack City, Above the Rim, Juice, Poetic Justice, Boys in the Hood. There's so many good options. We can go back further, Purple Rain. Even go back even further. You know, Purple Rain's out of the hip-hop section, but it's Prince. You can't get mad about Prince. You can go back to Superfly, all that. Soundtracks have a spe- are special to me just because I love the art of figuring out which song fits 
which seemed best, how to integrate that, and then you know going back and listening to the soundtrack and saying, okay, I see why they use this or using that music to take you to whatever the favorite part of the song you're listening to or not the song, sorry, the favorite part of the movie. Excuse me, I was, uh, caught me chewing something, I'm sorry. Got a little mini Snickers because I wasn't quite feeling like myself at the commercial. Right. So, I would try to go through the crazy task of ranking my favorite soundtracks, but I ain't gonna front. For me, all mine are probably going to be from Death Row's heyday. Because for a minute, Death Row was running the, uh, the um, excuse me, the soundtrack game. But when you think about it, just what movies or what, what songs, what movies, what, what do you think is the best soundtrack out there? Which ones do you like? Now hit me up at Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram, at Mr. Jason Jones, Mr. underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. We can debate that. For my money, I guess I'm not I'm not really ranking them. I'm saying for my money, my favorite ones, Above the Rim, Poetic Justice, Juice, are some of like the the uh, better soundtracks like i still listen to endo smoke from the poet you know i still listen to endo smoke i'll listen to all the death row stuff i mean it, i will i'd rather listen to the soundtrack than watch the movies to be honest it's crazy and that's real talk and that might have been part of the downfall of the time back then people do remember the soundtracks more than they remember the movies so i was i'm trying to um uh, I'm trying to figure out, you know, is there a movie coming out where I want to see that soundtrack really bad? And like I said, uh, I peeped the um, YG Big Sean song. It was cool. I mean, I listened to I got to listen to a song, you know, <coughs> excuse me, three or four times before I can deem that I like it, you know, and that it's... Uh, that it's, you know, that it's like, okay, I know what this song is about. You know, but, but remember Judas and the Black Messiah, they just had one come out. So, yeah, I know I'm all over the place, but y'all forgive me. Like I said, I need a break. I need a break just like the Kings need a break. <clears throat> oh, man, I'm sorry. Again, I got a little stint in my throat. It's good for eating the, uh, eating the Snickers during the podcast. See, I'm going to learn my lesson. You know, yeah, that's what I get. But what I will do is let's run down this Coming to America sequel soundtrack. Let's let's kind of go through that. Uh, You know, you got one get off Tiana Taylor featuring Jermaine Fowler and and Brandon Rogers. Well, Tiana Taylor, obviously King's connection. Her husband and mine, Shumpert, former King. It's like I saw her at a couple of games, never spoke to her, but. She does have some good music, so that might be that might be with you know. They got Megan the Stallion on there. I know y'all like that. 
No, I know I do. I I love Megan as a rapper. I I really do. I'm just kind of going through some of the other songs. You got uh, Smash the Crowd with uh, Public Enemy, Ice-T, and PMD. One of my greatest concert experiences ever was being able to see Public Enemy in concert. I'm a big Chuck D fan. I've met Flavor Flav. You know, I'm a big Public Enemy fan. Would love to meet Ice-T and PMD. You know, so anyone got a connection to get me in touch with Ice-T outside of Twitter, y'all let me know. Well, shit, I can't, can't meet anybody right now. We're in a pandemic, duh. But still, hey, just putting that in the atmosphere. You know, they got uh, Gladys Knight. Can't be mad at Gladys Knight, can you? Oh, I'd hope you couldn't be mad at Gladys Knight. And I guess they did a little fun thing, a What a King slash We Are Family mashup with In Vogue and Salt and Pepper, Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate. That might be fun, y'all. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go in the second and say that's that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be a fun song. I'm just gonna jump out there and say that. So if you listen to the soundtrack before me, please let me know what you think. I would love to hear your opinion. I'm always listening, for, listening for, looking out for good music, new music, something to, you know to kind of get me going, get me going on my uh, little runs around the marina near where I stay at. You know, get my you know get my heart rate up. You know, and music usually gets me through that. So yeah, I'm gonna say you know I was just thinking soundtrack stuff and the soundtrack. No, to movies, but here's a better question before we get out of here. What would be the soundtrack to the Sacramento King season? Hmm, let me think. Uh, can we just pick some songs that would uh, that would work for a King soundtrack? Let's see if we can come about eight to ten. You know, albums are real quick nowadays. Uh... Uh, I think we'll start with the song. Actually, they played a kink after a loss. We'll start with Jay-Z. You know, you know, we'll start with Hard Knock Life because it's been a hard knock season for the Kings. Just with the losses and they really weren't hit with injuries much till the second half of February. But when they did, oh, wow, it was bad. So, you know... That was probably, you know, so I think that Hard Knock Life, you know, will, will be, uh, that would be a good way to start the King Saints and soundtrack, okay? We'll do that. The next song I was thinking about, actually, uh, Diggable Planets, um, Rebirth of Slick. Why? I, I'm I'm putting the rebirth of Slick in for Buddy Heald's recent play because it's kind of the rebirth of the Buddy Heald of a couple of years ago, and maybe this Buddy Heald stick around, you know. So yeah, so that's that that's my next one, the rebirth of Slick. And dang, what what else would work for this team? It's it's hard to figure out, you know. You need something about some young energy to represent Tyrese, you know. You know, just maybe some nip, you know, some nip, you know, young niggas that 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 song might work for nip, you know, from nip for, you know, you know, talk, you know, come out. What to make you want to go and get it? You know, that's Tyrese, the go getter. So, yeah, we're going to drop that into number three. And again, remember, folks, 
if you ain't got the special clearance, as Shaq says, you usually just call that song The Young Ends, you know. I, maybe I should stop saying it. Who knows? But hey. So, you got that for Tyrese. Um, man, like, we can't use DJ Khaled, All I Do Is Win, because that would have only worked for about, you know, 10 games. But maybe we can end the album at some point with All I Do Is Win. You know, so that would be a good one. Yeah, so that'd be a good way to wrap it up after you kind of go through the hard knock life and the rebirth and everything. If you're the Kings, you want to be able to say all you do is win. Kings ain't close to being able to say that right now. I wouldn't even, you know, can't put that on them now. But maybe, maybe one day that can be their song. So do me a favor. Send me your favorite song that you think represent this Kings team. I ain't going to lie. Been watching this team a long time and kind of numb to feeling any type of way. Maybe that's good for my profession, but yeah, I, this doesn't elicit really any emotion. And for all my LA bravado, I do know a lot of people in the Kings organization. I would like to see them have some success. So yeah, maybe you can give, give us some uplifting songs for the Kings, you know. How about um, some Earth, Wind, and Fire, Keep Your Head to the Sky. Drop that in there, too. Keep, you know, keep the spirits up for everybody. Be positive. Be happy. You know, even though that's not easy. So, yeah. So, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, this is just my... Uh, Heading into the break episode, like I said, it's been a it's been a different type of season, kind of a long, just mashed up season. It's just been kind of weird, you know. Just you know, it feels like it does feel like the All Star break. It just feels where the All Star break is in March, but I'm gonna enjoy the break. I'm probably gonna do absolutely nothing. That, that's my hope and dream and goal is to do nothing the entire break. Won't be successful because I do have kids and I'm pretty sure the job will need me to do stuff. But that's my goal to do absolutely nothing. Buddy Hill said he's going to spend time with his family and not be unruly. And yeah. And also before we go, let me know. You going to watch the All-Star game? Are you interested in the All-Star game? Honestly, right now, if if I said it right now, I'm not planning on watching it. So... Why? I don't know. I just kind of need a break. But knowing me at some point, I'll end up watching it anyway. You know, check out, you know, the the other stuff. Not so much the skills contest or the three point. You know, maybe the dunk contest. I don't know. I'm still holding. I hope the dunk contest can be good again one day. But maybe that's just a dream. So y'all know what it is, y'all. Excuse me for rambling for about 30 minutes. Like I said, I need a break. I promise to come back next week revitalized, energized, giving you a preview, maybe probably a a two-part preview of the second half of the season, what to expect, maybe some news will happen, maybe there'll be some more talk about trades and trying to upgrade a roster that desperately needs upgrading, even though I'm not convinced that this, well, I know for a fact this season is not about winning, so hey, there is that part, so hold on, folks. Enjoy your victories where you can. Again, look for me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. On Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Theathletic.com for my Kings coverage and more. 
I got a cool little Black History Month story about shoes, you know, artists and shoes up there. A uh, bunch of other stuff that's not related to the King. So you can also search my name on theathletic.com. And also, don't forget, catch me once a week or so on the uh, J Street Vibes podcast and whoever else I might appear. So you guys be good out there. I'm going to take it easy after the Kings play at Portland. Y'all be safe. Y'all be good. I'm gone.